0: This is the Parent Life Podcast and I'm Jason Stanley. This week, Dr. Jimmy Scroggins and his wife Kristen join us again for part two of our conversation about Full Circle Parenting, their brand new book. It's a guide for crucial conversations. So Full Circle Parenting, a guide for crucial conversations. Last week was part one of that conversation where they laid out what is Full Circle Parenting and what are some of the premises that undergird this parenting style. But this week is going to be what are the examples. So specifically, we're going to go through two examples that show you how to actually walk through this. So uh, Jimmy and Kristen, they've been married for about 25 years. They have eight children. Jimmy is a pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. They're also Jacksonville-area natives, and so we know the Scroggins family well here at Fruit Co. Baptist Church. Many of you listening are familiar with the Three Circles Gospel Presentation. And if you tuned in last week, you actually heard the plot twist is that the Three Circles Gospel presentation started as a family counseling conversation guide. So for parents to kids or counselors to uh, a couple having marital issues, any of those things, it started there. And from there, it actually grew into the Three Circles Gospel presentation that has now been picked up by... No Place Left, Nam and many others as a gospel presentation tool to use. And it's fantastic. So in their book, they talk about the essentially the three circles gospel presentation, but how to use it for crucial conversations. And again, the main areas are God's design, brokenness, and the good news of Jesus Christ. So all these are excellent tools. And again, last week was how to use the tool or the basics of the tool. This week is going to be some examples of how to do that. So let's jump back into this conversation. Uh, it's so crucial. It's so important. I absolutely love the conversation. And so let's let's ju- just dive right back in. So let's let's use that a bit as a segue then, because um, some of the other chapters were somewhat exemplary where you say, okay, here's how full circle parenting works within a topic. Um, But you also gave some really good principles with those topics as well. So bitterness and forgiveness was one of the example chapters. Um, And so let's just go with some hypotheticals. If I'm a bitter, angry, unforgiving teenager um, towards someone who has hurt me or lied to me, cheated me or something like that. How does the full circle conversation work its way out? Mm, Okay.
1: yeah, that's a great thing. I will just say. You know, Jimmy. I think you you should jump in on this, and then I'll I'll I'll, I'll like, back cleanup. How about that? Yeah, that's what
2: she likes. <laughs> she likes me to get going, and then then she fixes. It. Yeah. So, <laughs> so so uh, one thing I would just say that that um, if you, if you have a Christian young person uh, talking about this bitterness is brokenness. Yeah. So bitterness it, bitterness is is a is a is fool's gold because bitterness makes you feel like you're actually holding someone else accountable. But what bitterness actually does is holds you prisoner to the sin of the other person. Wow. And so the only way to freedom is through forgiveness. And what, what's great about the gospel is if you're a believer in Christ and you've received forgiveness from Jesus, then you're obligated to extend that forgiveness to other people. And you say, yeah, but they haven't repented or they haven't you know, asked for my forgiveness, they're not sorry. Well, the truth is, that's what Romans 5.8 is saying, It's that, that good, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, Jesus died for us uh, before we recognized our need for forgiveness, uh, before we felt sorry for our sins, mm-hmm. uh, before we wanted forgiveness. Jesus already made provision for us to be forgiven. In, in a sense, he forgave us before we asked him. And so that's the model that we have. And so I think the best thing for people to do who are in the brokenness of bitterness is to make a choice to forgive the other person who has wronged them. Mm. But then I think we're pretty clear in the book and I'd be clear in preaching on this, I'm sure you are too, is that uh, forgiving someone does not mean that you forget. That is not true. Uh, Forgiveness is not forgetting. Uh, you, You will still remember and you should. Forgiveness does not mean you open yourself up to the other person and you trust them again. They may not be worthy of trust. Forgiveness does not mean you put yourself in a position for the other person to hurt you again. That's not that's forgiveness does not require that. Um, Forgiveness doesn't mean you take family vacations with the other person. Like you don't have to do that. (laughs) You don't have to be besties again. Uh, You don't have to be besties. You you can forgive and yet you can still. it, It also doesn't mean that the other person is exempt from consequences for what they've done. So if someone's committed a crime against you, you can forgive them and also tell the police at the same time. Forgiveness means that you are personally letting go of the personal responsibility to hold the other person spiritually accountable. Mm. You're letting go of that and giving that to God. That's why the Bible says, "Don't, don't repay evil for evil. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So you hand this person, you release your sense of accountability to hold them spiritually accountable. And give that to the Lord. But that doesn't mean that, for instance, if someone's committed a crime, you don't report it to the appropriate authorities. It, it doesn't mean that you just say, Well, you know, they, they hurt me once and I forgave them, and now I gotta let them
0: hurt me again. It's not true. And so for me, that make sure I'm tracking with the full circle gospel conversation. All right. God's design is obviously that we would not hurt each other and that it would not lead to anger and bitterness and resentment. Um, So that does lead us to brokenness because of sin against each other. But then this portion is just as Christ chose to forgive us before we even asked for it. So we should ask or give forgiveness to people, even if they never asked for it. And so that's how the the full circle works. Right.
2: That's correct. But forgiveness and restoration are two different things. Right. So in other words, I can forgive you, but if you're not repenting and you're not um, seeking to make things uh, right by through restitution, it, we're not going to be restored the way that we were. Mm-hmm. And until until those things can can happen, and there could be some things where there is no appropriate restitution. Uh, there, there there are some sins that someone could commit where there's there's just no way to 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 make restitution, and so then full restoration is never going to be possible. Right. This And we just need to acknowledge that that's part of the the brokenness of a fallen world.
1: Mm -hmm. I I think too, as moms and dads, we do need to be careful that, that we make sure that we kind of, I don't want to, the word commiserate keeps coming to mind. I don't think that's the best term that we, we acknowledge, we acknowledge the hurt that came from, from whatever happened that's causing our child Mm -hmm. to dwell on, on this issue, because there's some real things that, Mm -hmm. um, that might seem minor to us as parents, but really have an impact on our kids. And so I think just, you know, using a lot of you know physical touch and, and, and really embracing them and, and just but also empathizing with them and saying, hey, we get why this makes you upset. Mm-hmm. If this would have happened to me, I would be upset, too. I get that. And yet, still walking them through the truth of the gospel and how that applies, and that you're really just releasing this person who has wronged you. You've, you're releasing them to the Lord. And, and, that, that, you and know, that's
0: a good reminder for me. Like I, I tend to trivialize my kids' issues whenever they come and say, "Dad, this person hurt me," and I'm just like, eh, "Don't worry about it. You won't think about it tomorrow." <laughs> you know, like yeah. you know, we'll I'll be fine in 30 minutes from now, probably, but. Yeah. Uh, we tend to do that rather than empathize with them. And I think that's that's really important. And I do really appreciate that comment. You know, And certain things could
2: happen to, um, to children um, or adults that uh, even though you can make the choice to forgive based on the gospel, you may actually need someone to help you mm-hmm. work through to the other side of that so that you can live with that, with what has happened in a healthy way. And that's why we have a church family and church family can help. And our parents ought to lean into that. And then sometimes we need uh, professional counselors or therapists that could be recommended by our church that would also give us additional help because some things that happen uh, require that. And so, I uh, I would not shy away from getting um, help from my church nor from a biblical counselor or therapist at all.
0: Yeah. Amen. I agree with that 100 percent. So let's go to another um, example Uh, And this will kind of be like our last one. So you have a chapter in here about technology, the giant Mm -hmm. bear that most parents Mm -hmm. wish would just go away and that Uh. smartphones would cease to exist almost, uh, despite (laughs) the fact that we're all addicted to them. Uh, So, (laughs) yeah. So I get, you know, a lot of fear-driven questions, but also valid fear-driven questions from parents. When's the right time? Should I give them one? Should I not give them one? How do I know... That they're looking at the right stuff. What do I do when I find out they're not looking at the right stuff? And so you go through a chapter on that. And um, specifically, you you had a comment in there called the core sins of technology management. So can you just kind of walk us through those real quick? Yeah,
2: the core sins is um, based on the verse that talks about the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And so, so what is it that makes technology, you know, so seductive? to, to all of us. And uh, some of it has to do with uh, the craving for physical pleasure. So Mm -hmm. typically one of the things that most parents are concerned about is that teenagers are going to satisfy their natural sexual curiosity by going on the internet and finding things out or watching videos or whatever. And, and they do. And that's a valid fear that parents have that uh, uh, that's a valid concern. But the reason that they do that, there's a, there's something inside of them that is actually a normal and natural thing, and that's why parents have to fight hard to make sure that they are getting the right information to get so that they uh, don't have to satisfy their normal curiosity via outside, uh, mm-hmm. un- unfiltered sources. So, craving for physical pleasure, uh, craving for everything we see a lot of times, a lot of what drives um, technology misuse among teenagers and adults. Is the desire to be noticed, desire to be appreciated, desire to be seen as beautiful, mm-hmm. desire to appear to have the good life. And so people are always, you know. Editing, putting every, on filters. Yeah. Yeah. And their tick tock and their dance moves and their, you know, whatever else there is. And so um, everybody wants to have a craving for everything we see. And one of the things that social media lets us do is lets us put a filtered um, experience of our lives out there. That's not real and makes it look like we possess a lot more than we do. And then pride in our achievements and possessions, which is which is very uh, similar. And so there's this thirst for knowledge. There's this pride. And so everybody wants to Instagram. Hey, I just got this award in football and then I got this award and, you know, academics. And then this is my good looking girlfriend. And then this is what happened to us. And so people are always trying to put all the things out there. And the real damage that's done is it creates a game of comparison. So everyone's always comparing um, themselves, which what they're putting on social media isn't real anyways, because it's a, very, uh, a snapshot of a staged moment through a filter. Yeah. And they're comparing their snapshot of a staged moment through a filter to everyone else's snapshot through a staged yeah. moment through a filter. And it
0: becomes pretty dangerous. Yeah, see, I actually go one step further. It's actually that we're not comparing our edited video to their edited video. We're comparing all the, the videos and the pictures that didn't make the cut. We're comparing the the reality to their fantasy. And we say, how come my life's not as good as theirs? And the real sneaky dark truth is actually, they're not as good as they're you know, appearing to be either, but we're all led to believe that and that's so true. Mm-hmm. So okay, so let's go through um, let's go through some technology issues. Full circle parenting conversation. Okay, parent comes home, uh, sees their kid's phone uh, because seven out of ten uses for illicit sites is now on a phone, and they pick it up and they're like, I know, I'm just going to browse through and see what my kid's been looking at, and boom, there it is, and that's generally when the parent starts texting me or the other parent, and they're like, What am I going to do? I found this on, you know, his phone. What now? I have to talk to him. Yeah. What does a parent
1: do next? Yeah, so I think, again, you know, sometimes we, we write about this in the book, but parents have to have a really good poker face. And I mm. think sometimes that's hard. You know, it, our initial fear is is realized when we see that on the phone. We already think that's going to happen, and then we see that it's true. So then you either have flight or... Fight, right? So you either just forget about it, call the youth pastor, pretend like it never happened, or you get angry. And, uh, what really we have to do is just take a deep breath and pray that the Lord will give us, um, wisdom. I do think it's a great thing to call your youth pastor if you're not sure what to do, but at some point mom or dad has to have that conversation with their kids. And so I think it's just really important that as parents, I mean, this is going to happen, mm. not right that every parent is going to have some conversation it's not like is this going to happen this is going to happen and so we've got to deal honestly with the sin so I think sometimes as parents we're worried we're either going to show too much grace or too much law like crack down too hard or not enough and the truth is the gospel is both God is both law and love and so we have to remind them of God's design like hey first of all if this is a son and there's a dad in the home, I really want to encourage mom to let dad deal with that. And then, uh, you know, um, mom with daughter, but, you know, so, so if we, we can't act shocked, even if we are, because there's part of us that all want to think that everybody else's kid is going to do this, but not ours. And so we can't act shocked and angry. Mm. We have to have great compassion. So Jimmy, I mean, what would you do if, one of our sons had this. Well, unfortunately,
2: I don't have to tell you what I would do. <laughs> I can tell you what I have done
1: yeah.
2: and, you know, probably will do. So um I, I just start by talking to dads too. And I'll just say, dads, if you, all of you guys who have kids that are under the age of 10, what do you think are the percentage chances your kid reaches his 18th birthday without ever seeing pornography on any device? Yeah. Zero. Yeah. It's, zero percent. And, and that's what every dad says. So, I would ask the same question uh, 15 years ago and people would give me some kind of low percentage. But now if I ask it, they'll all say zero. Yeah. And so, so we, so that's what Kristen was saying is it's not a matter of, are you going to have to deal with it? Or when, you know, are, are you going to, you are going to. And so, and so, uh, the the key things to me are one, recognize that you are operating from a position of God given authority in your own household with your own possessions And And so especially the only people that that's a caveat to that is if you are in a blended family where the child lives sometimes with you and sometimes with another parent, it's a lot tougher. But for now, I'm going to assume that you have you have your your kids live with you, whether you're a single parent or or whatever. And when that's when that's um, happening, then you have responsibility and authority over your child's uh, private spaces, over their vehicle, over their room over their devices, and you should not be afraid to exert that authority. So you have a right to see what they're doing with the devices that you are facilitating or that you have purchased. You have a right to see what's happening in their room or in that vehicle that you are facilitating or that you have purchased. And you should not be afraid to exercise that right. Now, that doesn't mean you should act like an idiot and, you know, like toss their bedroom every day trying to find stuff necessarily. Sure. But, but I do think you should feel confident that, hey, if I want to see what's on their phone, that's my phone. Mm -hmm. Um, This is my house. That's their room. That's my you know, I'm letting them use my stuff. And then once you feel that, I think you ought to uh, not be afraid to uh, if you feel like it's dire enough, you should not be afraid to remove access to those devices or to those private spaces. And, Kristen, you have some some guidelines that I think really help set up these kinds of conversations when it comes to the way that we treat technology in our home.
1: So you know, when we talk about um, having the talk about you know sex and all of that with our kids, we encourage parents to start early rather than later and give them more information than less. But when it comes to technology, we would kind of flip that upside down and say that we would encourage parents to give less access rather than more and to give it later mm-hmm. rather than earlier. So it's it's actually opposite. Good so I, I think sometimes as parents, we figure that we find this on their device and we might have an opportunity to realize, oh, we might've given them too much access
0: yep. Too stand. I've had that conversation. So yeah.
1: It gives us a great opportunity as parents to go, you know what? We have a role in this and just own it. And because we're all identifying that we're, that we, we all, it's not just our kids, but we all depart from God's design. Sometimes we all yeah. fumble. And so just saying, hey, we're going to work with with you to make this um, more manageable for you. But really what we have to show our kids and all of this technology stuff is that we we have to learn how to take dominion over the technology. We can't allow the technology to take dominion over us. And that is, um, you're right, that it's not going anywhere. And so we've got to learn how to to make this a tool to be beneficial and not harmful. And yet that is just an, a management issue. But we have to encourage our kids that hey, this is not shocking. This is normal, but it's not it's not acceptable because it's not part of God's design. And so mm. it really doesn't have anything to do with YouTube or TikTok or Snapchat. It really has to do with our hearts and what are we craving. And how are we feeding that? But anytime we talk about sexuality or technology or or any of it as a Christian parent, we have to remind them that the end game in all of this and all of God's design is marriage. And so we're constantly pointing back to, hey, God is building you up. Yeah, to be a man who is a godly father and husband one day and you young lady, you know, to be a godly mom and wife. And so sometimes this technology stuff gets in the way of what God is wanting for us and from us. And so I would encourage parents, you know, like just because you feel like your child needs a phone, they don't have to have access to everything that comes Mm -hmm. with a phone. Right. So your middle school doesn't necessarily need to have Snapchat, TikTok, all of that, just because they get on the bus and you want them to have a a way to text you when they get home. Mm -hmm. Okay. They don't have to have everything. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously we would encourage people to not let them have things in private spaces. And Mm -hmm. but part of that is a discipline of parents too, isn't it? Like, Hey, if we're going to tell them to put their phones down, we've got to put ours down too. And so all of this is just a big fat opportunity to manage. Um, this resource that really uh, we have in our homes and and we're going to have them and it's going to continue to be so. I don't see Mm. the cell phone going away anytime soon.
0: And something that I kind of want to weave in here that you kind of jarred my memory, something that you guys wrote is parents should have some of these scenarios prepared ahead of time. Like what you're talking about with that poker face concept, Um, if you kind of know it's going to happen, right? Like all of us say 0% chance that this won't be my kid. So if we go ahead and practice and think through this process, it should help, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think
2: role-playing is an important part of all of this. So one of the things we say in the book and elsewhere is look, um, when you get your kids ready to go somewhere or get them ready to handle technology, or if they're going to someone else's home who may not have the same rules for technology that you do, You want to walk them through scenarios and role play those. But then as a mom and dad, it's, it's a pretty good idea for you to role play some scenarios too, for when they come home or I'm going to go phone. If this is what I find, what exactly am I going to do about it? And you you do need to develop a game plan. One of the things that happens as you parent, the longer you do it, the more wisdom you develop, the more skill at these conversations you get. And so, you know, uh, we laugh about that because, uh, the first time, you know, I, I said this in the book. I think the first time one of my kids got called to the principal's office, it was like a really like a. It was he was yeah. in the second grade, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I was super nervous and didn't know what to do. And you know, in the we had eight kids, we've been in the principal's office more than right. once. It just happened and to be friends, Thursday, right? Awesome, everybody. Our <laughs> kids are well loved; they're respected, but they they have been to the principal's office. And so, after you do it a while, you know, now I'm older than the principal. So I think the principal is more about seeing me than I am about seeing them.
1: But I do think that is a good point about, you know, role playing with our kids as far as, you know, like, hey, buddy, um this is your first time on a sports team. And you're going to have a long bus ride and you might sit next to somebody who, even if you don't give your child a phone, that's some, those kids are going to have phones. Mm-hmm. So it helped them think through ways to get out of sticky situations yeah, before good. you get into them. It wow. doesn't mean hit a home run. But if you could say, Hey, you know, your buddy that you sit with might be like, Hey, look at this. Well, what are you going to do? And so it's rare that we make great decisions on the spot if we're not prepared. (laughs) And so part of our job as parents is to help our kids think through ahead of time, what could happen and how to handle that in a graceful yet um, God honoring way. And again, I don't have my head in the sand. I'm not saying that my child is going to hit hundred percent every time, but I promise you they're going to have a better chance to do what's right. If I prepare them ahead Mm -hmm. of time. And then what you're saying is the same thing's true for mom and dad. If I already know these things are going to come up, it would be wise for me to role play in my own mind or to talk with my spouse. Like, how are we going to handle this? When this happens, It, it makes for a better conversation with our kids.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, this has been such a rich conversation, just going through some of the content that you guys have written, and then obviously just other things that as you guys continue to grow as parents, just shedding some of that wisdom for us uh, on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, again, parents, you need to go find this book. It's called Full Circle Parenting, sold where books are sold. It's it's out there, and I would highly recommend it. And so thank you again, Jimmy and Kristen, for joining us today.
1: Oh, thanks, thanks, Jason. Appreciate it, man. appreciate it, Matt. Appreciate it.
0: Parents, I cannot tell you how much I love this tool. One, because it's a gospel presentation, so it's something that you can share the gospel with people, with coworkers, with neighbors, uh, people in your community. But more than that, it's so user-friendly. It's so simple to use. This gospel presentation that actually started as a family conversation guide, now available in Full Circle Parenting, I highly recommend just becoming familiar with the Three Circles Gospel Project, you can YouTube Three Circles Gospel Presentation and a little tiny like two-minute video will show up and you can just figure out the elements, the basic elements of how to learn this tool and use it immediately in your conversations. In today's conversation, we didn't even get into the topic of LGBTQ or any of the the gender dysphoria issues that our kids are now facing. But just see how simplified this conversation is if you just follow, okay, yeah, so what's brokenness? It's sin. What was God's design? Okay, not these things. Okay, so how did sin get us to where we're at? And then how can Christ redeem where we're at? And just imagine the conversations and the possibilities that you can have for all sorts of topics in your family. Uh, so, parents, I highly recommend, again, go get Full Circle Parenting by the Scroggins. There's a link for it in the uh, description where you can easily find it. It's published by uh, B&H Publishing. Super easy to find. Thank you for listening to the Parent Life Podcast today. If you have any questions about me or my ministry, you can go to Jasonstanland.com for more information about Fruit Cove Baptist Church and her ministries, please go to Fruit Cove, that's FruitCove with a V dot com. The links are in the bio and the description. If you would like to submit a question or a response or interact with me here at the podcast, you can email me at parentlife, all one word, at fruitcove.com. dot com. May you be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, Colossians 1, 9. See you guys next week.